0: You are listening to It's Midnight Somewhere with DJ's Mistress McCutcheon and the Wasteland.
1: It's midnight. Summer.
0: It's midnight. It's midnight. Summer. Hi, this is DJ Mistress McCutcheon, and I am joined by The Wasteland. And today, coming to us from the third largest island in Hawaii, Oahu, we're joined by DJ Nocturna to talk about what the goth scene's like in Hawaii. Welcome, DJ Nocturna. Hi, thank you guys. Thank you for having me. So tell us about your role as a DJ. What was your Um, gateway into the scene? So, you know, I... um, I was a DJ on
1: on the radio. That's how I started out in the music scene in Hawaii. So um, I used to have a show called "A Feast of Friends" on uh, KPRG in Guam. It was a KPR KPRG radio station, and this was back in the in the late '90s. And so I got into music, you know. And then I, I came back to Hawaii because I I was I was I went to school here for for college. I came back, and then uh, somebody goes, "Hey, uh, why, don't, why don't you go?" Um, so go sign up over there go apply at um go try to be a dj at uh, KTUH you know they have a, they're looking for radio uh, radio djs I go oh yeah sure so I did so um that's how I started with uh, radio and radio and then i started getting into the scene you know playing um playing music outs you know for clubs and then uh, i eventually became a promoter oh. and that was like um i don't know maybe like uh, 18 years ago cool okay it's been a, it's been a while yeah. So we have a, you know, we have a, you know, the goth scene has, has evolved through the years. You know, as you know, back in the day when I when I was growing up listening to music, when I was much. You know, it was called. It wasn't even called goth. It was called like death rock. You know, right? Goth, the, the, the name goth I don't know came about later on, and everything was goth. But it was used to be death rock. And so I guess I'm, you know, I've been I've been I've been doing this for so long. You know, I don't I don't even know. I mean, that's just my life. <laughs> being, being a the death rock or whatever you want to call it. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still death. I'm still, whatever you want to call it, you know.
0: Yeah, we've had this uh, as a reoccurring theme that those of us who have been involved in the scene in the 90s have definitely experienced that where it wasn't called goth then. It was, it was death rock and then it sort of evolved and then the goth moniker kind of fell on top of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I remember, you know, the only, the only goth I knew was the like, gothic cathedrals, you know, back in the day. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah. So
0: um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Band-wise, what drew you in to this particular scene? Oh, so uh, you know, you know, I grew up listening to um,
1: you know Bauhaus and uh, Sisters of Mercy, Susie and the Banshees, The Cure, Depeche Mode. You know that those bands. Uh, Sex Alien Sex Fiend, and I've always loved music. Even when I was younger, I used to collect vinyl. You know, back when vinyl was really vinyl. When they you know, so. Um, yeah, I, I've always loved music. So I guess from being a lover of music, I got into being a radio DJ because I collected vinyl, and I had all these collections. So in order to be a DJ, you had to bring your own music. You have to have all the... Especially the music I want to play, right? Nobody has that, so you have to bring your own stuff. So um, that's how I started. I guess be just love... Just, just a passion for music. Right.
0: So you kind of fell into it naturally.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, music has always been... You know, that was my first love, right, music. Like, I'm sure you guys too. So when I came, to, when I came back to Hawaii, they said, oh, you know, why don't you be a DJ at KTUH? You know, they're looking for a, And you could play your own, your own music. You don't have to play that mainstream radio crap, you know. So I said, yeah, sure. So I did. So I brought all my stuff. And then uh, I, had a, I had a gothic show. It was called A Feast of Friends. It went on for about, in fact, I just, I recently just left the show uh, in December of last year. So I've been there for like over 15 years. And yesterday I just did um, a little guest spot. And um, I'll be doing f- frequent guest spots whenever they need me, you know. And then I moved to Monsnap Radio um, just because, I, you know, I, I, I it was so difficult for me to have to drive there every Saturday. So I've been doing a Feast of Friends every Saturday for three hours. You know, Six, my, my show was at 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. every Saturday for 15 years. So sometimes I could even, you know, I – I mean, luckily, all the, goth, all the events, you know, they happened after nine o'clock, right? So it was good. So after my show, if I have a gig to go to, or I have an event, then I have to just, right after my show, I, I go straight to the gig, you know, but that's what I used to do, or I would have a sub. So I, I uh, did that for 15 years. Um, finally, I decided, you know, I, it's been long enough. I need to move on and um, do other things that I've been passionate about, and that's when you know, the, this whole podcast thing is I have a podcast and that's how it, it also I've been wanting to do a podcast for many years. I just stopped. Do I just didn't want to. I just I don't know why. It just never, never happened. So finally, I said, I'm going to do the podcast and I'm going to do I'm, I'm going to stop going. I'm going to just, you know, I, I think it's time for me to, to kind of leave my show in KTH to pursue other things. Because, you know, you can't really do other things if you have something else you're doing right. You have to let go of something to move on to something else. And, you know, of course, I miss my show. I really do. I miss it. But um, in a way, I, I'm, 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 I'm okay. You know, I, I mean, I like what I'm doing now. I love my snap radio. It gives me the ability to, um, to broadcast from, from home or forever. I don't have to be going somewhere. You know, I could do it anywhere. I could do a live show or I could do a pre-recorded
0: show. So that, um, I think it was a blessing, what the decision I made. And you have a podcast called Queen of Wands. Tell us a little bit about, what queen of wands is and why is it called queen of wands? So, the, you know,
1: the, I don't know if you, if, if you, if you like if you're familiar with the tarot deck. So the queen of wands is, uh, the deck that uh, represents the fire signs. So I'm, I'm a Sagittarius. So naturally like, like an Aries and Leo, they're They're also fire sign. They are also like the, the queen and king of wands. Right. So queen of wands is, um, Fiery, she's uh, she, she, she usually represents like the entrepreneur, you know, somebody who's uh, socially who loves to go out, loves to party, has a very positive what do you call that? They're charismatic, you know, they're uh, generous. Those are the characteristics of the Queen of Wands, all the you know, the fire signs, just like they have um, in the tarot deck, you know, there's the Queen of, Queen of Swords, which is the air sign, there's the Queen of um. Uh, well, there's a Queen of Pentacles, which is the Earth signs, you know. So just like the Queen of Wands is a fire sign, so that's why I wanted to do something that's passionate with it. With a and this, I was thinking of a of a name for my podcast for a long time. I couldn't figure out what what it be called. So I said oh, I'll just do Queen of Wands because you know I am the Queen of Wands. I'm a fire sign. So that's that's how it came about. <laughs>
0: Naming a podcast is something we found to be uh, quite a challenge. I know that's why that's what I mean. And then you guys have a great
1: name. I, I love your name. It, it it told. I mean, it's like somebody somebody would go. Oh, I wonder what's that about. You know, it would it would it would draw curiosity. I but I also thought that if I made my show, I mean my podcast, the Queen of Wands, then I better I better I better do something related to the Queen of Wands, right? So okay, a lot of people. A, a, a lot of people don't know what the Queen of Wands is if they don't do tarot. So they go, "What? what is that? I mean, what, do you have a wand? I go, yeah, I have a wand. <laughs> it's really funny. It's that they all go, so what, you think you're the queen? And I go, no, it's, you know, it's really not about that. It's, a, you know, if you do tarot, like, do you guys do tarot?
0: I'm I'm aware of it. Uh, not really, but I mean, I, I have some knowledge of it. Yeah, so the Queen of
1: you know, when you get the Queen of Wands, you know, it's it's not a major card, but when, when you know, then you know that the Queen of Wands represents a fire You know, they're passionate, they're creative, they're inspirational. They want to, they're a go-getter. And that's what all the, and so, of course, I want, I would like something positive for my, for my podcast. So I want to name it something positive. So, which is like the Queen of Wands. So, that took me a while to figure that name, but I, I figured that I better call my radio show the Queen of Wands too, since I have that in the podcast.
0: So, you know, there'll just be one hashtag all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, okay. Let's actually back up a little bit. Uh, cause you went from radio to creating your podcast, but in between you became a producer of club events. Right. Right. Tell us a little bit about what got you started in producing. So,
1: you know, I always wanted to, um, so when I was a radio DJ, right. And then, um, You know, I was you know getting out. I was yeah. I I used to go to the clubs all the time too. I used to go dancing and everything. And then I would see like there'll be these these events, and I said, "Well, I want to do my own event so I can play the music I want and then DJ at at my own event." So I started creating my own event, and I I had it. Um, it was called Camera Obscura. This was this was I don't I don't have that that name anymore, but it goes way back when. And so um, I started doing events at this popular nightclub called uh, Pink Cadillac. It's been around since the 80s. It's not here anymore. That was back, way back. And so I was doing an event called Camera Obscura at Pink Cadillac. So it was a goth event, uh, and we played like uh, Dead, uh, Dead Can Dance, The Cocktail Twins, a lot of the A B stuff, uh, Bauhaus, and um, you know, of course, also the the classics like The Joy Division and all those other things. Uh, industrial also, you know, Front 242 and um, back then. Um, I, and then I started doing it monthly. So then I, then I moved it to another club in, in Chinatown. And it, it went to so many clubs. I mean, that's just the way it is around here, you know? And then I started doing... So that was Camera Obscura. That was a monthly event. And I would do theme parties every month. So they would be like um, the Vampire's Ball, the Goth Prom, you know? I would do theme events. And then eventually, um, I retired that, that name, Camera Obscura. And I started doing other little things, so... I had an event called, um, uh, the Venetian Mass Ball and I, which I still do is, um, it's a, I, I, it's a yearly event. So it, it, it runs, um, you know, in, in the, in the early part of the year, unless there's something going on and I have to cancel it, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's called the Venetian Mass Ball. And then I had, um, and then I also do, uh, the Hawaii Horror Ball and DJ, DJ, um, what is his name? Uh, you know, I can't remember his DJ name. but I'm so embarrassed. Okay. Anyway, Joe. He's uh he lives in um, Portland, and he and he used to do uh the the uh, Portland Horror Ball, and so I he said, hey, what, well, you know I'm doing the Portland Horror Ball, and I go, do you mind if I do a Hawaii Horror Ball? He goes, yeah, sure. So then he was part of the Hawaii Horror Ball for a little bit, and uh, so it was a it was like an event, but it's, it, it the theme was on horror horror things, you know, like horror films and things like that. So I, I do that yearly as well, um, but I haven't been really constant with that. I've just been doing it um, every other year, you know. And then um, so I don't I don't throw that many events like I used to. I, I used to throw, I used to throw more events before. And then I have um, an event called Miss Vamp Hawaii, which was uh, a vampire beauty pageant. Yeah, and I be, I did that with uh, with another promoter. Her name was Lana, and that was that was yeah maybe like three years ago was the last time we did it. I, I kind of stopped it but it went on for about um, seven years. So we had it, we had it at the Hawaii theater, which was a big theater and there'll be girls who participate. There were, you know, it's like a beauty pageant, except it's a little bit in the darker side is for, it's for women who, uh, uh, who, you know, because we all believe that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you know? So, uh, you know, beauty to us is different from other people that consider like the mainstream beauty, you know what I'm saying? So they, it was, it was very similar to the, to a regular beauty pageant in many ways, but yet it, it was—I think it was a lot more creative. It was a lot more. I mean, people, people really went out and they dressed up. So we 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 actually encouraged people, you know, the patrons to come dressed up like you know, vampires. So people would come dressed up as vampires when they watched the show at the theater, and we drew in quite a large crowd. And uh, we had sometimes we had like 21 girls, anywhere from 15 to 21 every year, and some of them would return and do it again. They would do it like um, one girl. She, she did it every single year until she said, I'm not going to do it anymore, you know, but. Um, and then we had winners. They had the, the, the queen. We had a uh, best uh, first runner up. We had, uh, we had, uh, you know, second runner up. We had Miss Photogenic, Miss uh, Congeniality, that kind of thing. And we had well, one thing different about this vampire, about Miss Vamp Hawaii was uh, um, we had, uh, instead of the bathing suit competition, we had a moon, moon bathing Competition, you know, just like you know, people go out and you know, regular regular beauty pageants, they parade around in their bikinis on the you know on the, on the pool. So we did ours on the because it was it was a moon bathing. So you just imagine bathing on the on the on the moon rather than the sun, right? There's vampires, right? So you turn whiter when you bathe under the moon, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we did that, and then we had the the counterpart to this. We had the Count Dracula Hawaii. So these were these were for the guys. You know, so um, um, get some equal time going. Yeah, so we had a we had a so it's not called a pageant. It was more it was more like a performance piece for them. Okay, and so it's you know they're they goth uh, people that are men that were just very creative and they wanted to they were you know they they wanted to perform and they wanted to show their their piece. So everybody there was always you know a talent even for Miss Vamp they were they had a talent you know, they had to do some kind of talent so a lot of them dance or they had they have, everybody had they everybody was so creative the people just had their different talents so i we did that also for the for the guys and i think we had three or three or four of that shows miss Pamp was more was more popular
0: so you have a really rich history of all the different club events that were going on uh i guess was there like a weekly event was there things going monthly so back in the day, I would do it monthly. And then I, you know, I, of course,
1: I had weekly events. They were not, they were not geared toward goth. They were just like, I just played music in the club, you know, so I played a lot of goth stuff. But it wasn't specifically for goth people. It was just uh, like I, I had an event called Thank God It's Thursday. And um, I was doing a, 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 a Wednesday. Every Wednesday, it was called Acid Wash, which is still, I'm still currently doing that with some other promoters. Acid Wash runs three times a year. So we have to cancel the one we're doing now, but we're gonna do it again. So acid-wise, that's an '80s—it's an '80s night. But when I go on, I don't play—I uh, I play everything. I play uh, the, the dark '80s, you know, post-punk. So it's, just, it's a mix. So we have—we have. We have uh, there's uh, another DJ, then he plays. I mean, we play anything from the '80s, but I—I I, I usually go with the darker side of the '80s. So people—people people that want to hear that I can still come to the event. And I think you were here when I was, but you couldn't come out. You were in Hawaii when we were having as a I know. Yeah, but that's you know, but maybe you come back and you can check it out. And then I, I did a monthly a monthly '80s night like maybe three years ago, and that, that was running for five six years. It was called '80s Pop Music. So
0: uh, yeah, there were there were several events that um, that that went through the, through the years. Well, that and uh, as far as concerts, what's the frequency of bands that tour through uh, Honolulu? So um, yeah, one of the best things that ever
1: happened to Hawaii was the Cure. The Cure played here three times. I said three times. Wait, uh, I'm, two times. Yeah, two times. I mean, maybe I said three times. I'm hoping they will come back like this year or next year. So yeah, so the Cure played here like uh, two times, and uh, they played three nights,
0: three I don't know three long
1: hours. Aren't we I mean, all? they they I don't know if you did you see did you guys see the Cure? They're amazing.
0: They are truly amazing live. And yeah, you can always bet on about a three hour concert for sure.
1: Yeah. So you kind of I'm kind of thinking, well, so there must be a lot of goth people here, right? If they, if they can feel that. But, you know, everybody loved The Cure. That's just the thing. They don't have to be goth. Just everybody loved The Cure. So uh, The Cure came here. The Pesh Mode has been here like a few times from the 80s all the way. I mean, not recently, but in the last, you know, decades or so. And, you know, and for me, I, you know, I brought down, um, David J about maybe like two years ago, David J, I brought down Attrition, uh, more recently, I brought down, um, John Fryer, mm-hmm. legendary producer of, uh, this motor coil. Yeah. He, he DJed. And then I brought down Andy Rourke of the Smiths. He, he's, uh, he DJed. He came down here actually three times. He played for Acid Wash twice and then. For my other, my, my other 80s night, a, a few years later after that. And then I brought down Misumi Max, the fetish model. Unwoman was here twice. Uh, the cellist, you know, from San Francisco. Yeah. Um, I, brought, I brought down Voltaire twice. Uh, Aurelia Voltaire. Uh, and then I had a ba- belly dancing performance at Sabrina Fox. Um, the amazing Sabrina Fox and Nagasita. And another an, another producer here brought down Raisin Black. You know, Raisin Black's originally from here. Right. Obsidian Productions brought them, brought him, brought them down. Like uh, maybe like in two thousand to two thousand eighteen. Yeah. So we we have um yeah and and of course you know we we've, we've got other bands up you know like for, uh, you know let's see back in the nineties you know this um Love and Rockets played here. Okay. And then uh like early, early, like way way down like in the late eighties there were other bands that came here. as Fashion Pumpkins. I don't know. There were so many. You know Ministry tried playing here. Okay, but you know it's it's not like it's not a yearly thing. It's not a monthly thing. You know it's, it's not as often. A lot of bands don't come here. Uh, the bands that we like, that's why I I, I bring them down because I uh, you know or else uh, when are they ever going to come here? You know I mean I'm hoping that I mean I'm glad for the Cure. The Cure plate here.
0: It's tough though because it gets really expensive when you got to fly people over because I mean even from uh, the west coast of the U S. That's still like a five six hour flight to get to Honolulu.
1: Right. And you know, the thing is, is, uh, it depends on their, you know, how much, how much, how much their fees are. And then if, uh, if you don't have enough people that's going to cover that, then you're going to lose out. Right. So that's a challenge that, uh, I guess promoters like, like me, would would probably have in that case, but you know, sometimes, you know, whatever, I mean, if you, if you love the band so much and you, whether you, whether you make some money or not, you just bring them down. Right. <laughs> whatever. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand when you wanna see a show, you're gonna create the show that you want. It's like how you DJ, you're playing what you wanna be playing, that darker side of the 80s or whatever goth music that you're interested in. Let's go back a little bit. You were talking about how Raised in Black is from Hawaii. What other local talent uh, is available in Honolulu? Oh, you know, there's, um, gosh, you
1: know, I forget the name of that band. I mean, there's a lot of talents here. There's a lot of musicians here. They, they play, there's a lot of live live concerts, live bands here, live local bands, but they they come from all walks of life, you know, like classic rock. There's a lot of, um, you know,
0: hip hop artists, you know, those kind of things. But not not so much in our realm of goth and post-punk. Yeah, they, 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 there's a band here. I just can't remember their name.
1: And I, I'm really embarrassed right now because I could never spell their name. It begins with a T, so weird spelling. I'm trying to find them right now on my phone. Oh, they're so they're called um you know I, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right. <clears throat> they they play a lot of dark stuff and they're pretty good. They're called um True Friends, but it's spelled differently. It's spelled T R V E F R N D S. Okay. I think that's how you pronounce their name. It sounds
0: like they did that to themselves.
1: Uh, I don't I don't know why they did that, but uh yeah. yeah. But they're, they're they're actually they they're actually it's, it's very uh, they they use the synthesizers a lot and it's it's they sound really good actually. I'll have to check that out. We'll have to look them up and see if they have a band camp. Yeah, I, I think they do. Yeah, the they, they, they make their own music, which is really good. I like that. And they're they're a duo. I interviewed them on my on my show when I was at KTH. They're dream, dreamy synth pop duo with God Sensibility. Yeah, interesting.
0: Okay, so we talked about bands coming through a, a local band in Honolulu what is the scene like what is the general age group that comes out that wants to go to the clubs that comes out dancing regularly what is what is the scene like so you know in the past we've had
1: like the we've had dungeon the, we've had this event called the dungeon you know back in the in the it actually went back to the 80s and the 90s and it was, it was held at a club called 1739. And then uh, we had the Noctuary, which is another event at the Pink Cadillac. So it has evolved through the years, right? So right now we have uh, currently, um, if you're looking uh, at a monthly event, there's a fetish night that's run by Jody Rose. And then uh, we have an event coming up, the Seven Deadly Sins. It's by Obsidian Productions. That's another promoter. And um, they moved it to September because of the virus. So we've had um, different different nights, and then I, I was supposed to have a night, my Venetian mass ball, which I had to postpone that too. But what is the crowd like? So there's there's a mix, there's a mixed crowd. It's mixed. It's a, there's we have a goth we have a goth scene here, so the goth the the goth kids will come in. Then we have the the ones who uh, who are much older. They, they don't they're not they don't really go out as much as they used to. I don't know what you call them, but they come in. Then we've got the ones who like the '80s, the dark '80s. They come in. So it's, we have a mix. We have a really mixed crowd here in Hawaii. It's not like it's all goth in one club, you know, all people wearing black. It's kind of all mixed. It's kind of mixed. Different people come to the to the club. Very cool. We have some supporting venues here. We have uh, so I usually do my events at uh, a club called Next Door. It's right in Chinatown, and uh, some other. Um, you know, it's a it's a nice It's like a nice club. High ceiling kind of club and um it's been around for a while and then we got Anna O'Brien's and they also uh very supportive of the scene and then um there there was another venue that we 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 would have it was uh, the Hawaiian Bryans but that kind of I think I don't know what happened to that venue the vortex I think they uh not sure there there's always a new club opening up sometimes somewhere around and then you know that would that would happen there and then that kind of thing so but I've been, I've been doing all my events at next door.
0: Yeah, we were going to ask how supportive venues generally are of a goth night and what the average size of the crowd might be for a given night. So it it, it could range anywhere from 50 people to uh to depend, depending on the
1: event, you know, um it, it can go up to 200, you know, it just depends. Depends on what kind of event, depends on how often you have it, you know, uh if it's a yearly event or monthly event, you know, people anticipate it, you know, so it just depends. 50 to 200 people. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, it just depends on the event. There, there's, there's so many different events here. You know, they have hip hop events. and.
0: Right, right. It's not just a dedicated goth venue.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah.
0: Uh, we don't know very many cities who have that. so. <laughs> so it's always a question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what I was also going to ask is if you face the same issues that a lot of other cities face as far as gentrification and clubs coming and going.
1: Yep, yeah, we do. You know, uh, you know, through the years since I've been doing this, there's been a lot of clubs that shut down, whatever reason, or they would um, change ownership, then the whole name changes and then the whole scene changes in there as well. So yeah we've we, yeah. we've experienced that you know I would I, there are many times I had to move my event all of a sudden or I have to change it because the club closed down or they changed management or whatever it may be. So yeah that's always um, a challenge but you know um, I'm really grateful for the clubs that do allow uh, you know allow me and the other goth promoters to have our events there because if it wasn't for them then we wouldn't have a, a venue I, I, would, I would I would have to go and buy a club and do my own event. <laughs> I don't want to do that, but
0: yeah. Yeah, as things get more expensive, it gets really challenging because uh, you end up having to shift gears and go to a different space. Yeah, but Hawaii has a lot
1: of uh, really nice people here, you know, very accommodating people and, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's just, and uh, you know, just to support. I mean, there's been a lot of people that's been coming to the events for years and they're still supportive, which I'm really grateful for. Oh, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't keep this going if there wasn't anybody, you know, I would just be like, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I, I love what I do. I love playing music that I love and that other people love. And and the same way, I, I help the artists and everybody else that's involved, the artists, the record label, the the supporters. So I'm really grateful for the for my uh, for my radio show at, at Modstap Radio and for KTUH. And uh, yeah, and I'm thankful for you guys, you know, because you guys are doing something just just as beautiful you know you're you're talking about the scene. you're talking about the genre
0: oh thank you i i think as two people who again music being our lifeblood and being so important to us it's unavoidable yeah you have to talk <laughs> about it
1: yeah and I, I think i'll be doing this even when i'm, I'm much, when i'm older old and gray and forever you know i think i'll just i'll always love my my roots which is the post punk, you know, uh, you know that that movement, and I'm glad because you know you, you can connect with anybody now, you know, on Facebook and all that, and, uh, you know, Instagram and Twitter. You know, the like, I would, I never thought that I'll, I'll ever meet like John Fryer. You know, I've been listening to this Mortal Coil and, you know, and um, the Four A B label, and I never thought, oh my god, I used to see his name on the record label, many many years ago when I was in my early days, and I'm like, wow, John Fryer, who is that? And all of a sudden, I I I met him in San Francisco. I went out, I went to the Cat Club in San Francisco, and then there he was. He was spinning the Four AV and and um, Mute label um, songs, uh, rec- uh, music. And then I go, "Are you? Oh my God, you're John Fryer!" And then I met him. That's how I met him, and that's also how I met David J. And I never thought I would meet the bass player of Bauhaus, you know. So it's good. I mean, I I love that the fact that I'm. And Andy Rourke, I mean, The Smiths is one of my favorite bands in the whole world, and just to just to actually know the bass player of The Smiths, and uh, and he actually played my little guitar that I had a li- I had a little uh, bass. Uh, it's a little bass guitar, and I I he actually played on it and he signed it for me, and I still have oh, that guitar. Wow. Yeah, so you know it's just it's just wonderful to have these to, to meet them and you know when you've been listening to them all your life and you've been playing their music and then on the club in the club and attrition. I never thought I would meet attrition, you know, and I always listened to that, the pioneer of dark electro, you know. Um, so I'm really
0: grateful for all that. Um, it's amazing how the degrees of separation have gotten so much uh, shorter. I know, right? I mean, you, you would never think
1: this would ever happen in the 80s or the 90s, because, you know, before the Internet. You right. just read. You just read about them in magazines. You know, Outbird magazine. Remember those magazines back in the day? You would read about all the new music and everything. And and I guess that's how I got connected. It's not from the internet because there wasn't one. I got connected through. Um, I don't know how I got connected to be honest. I from radio and um, magazines. You know. Right, you know, you, you just see these records on the stores and you would go, what the heck is this? You know, and then you would listen to it. And I am like, wow, this is pretty cool. So, you know, for me now, I just uh, I love to support the artists in any way I can and anything connected to the to the scene, to the gods, to, to keep it going, to keep it alive, to keep it alive and pumping for another, you know, as much as I can do it here in Hawaii and hopefully out now that I'm, you know, I have a podcast and my radio show that is online and Tap Radio, um, I hope to. To reach out to more people, you know, just get every unite, everybody somehow, and connect with everybody that's connected. So, how long have you been podcasting for at this point? So, uh, my podcast, I believe it started like it, it, you guys are way longer than me. I know Laura had hers like even before, right? You had another one before this.
0: Oh, well, Cat, yes, Cat versus Bat started two years ago, but uh, yeah, we ended uh, just at the beginning of this year before uh, It's Midnight Somewhere has started up. So
1: yeah, so I, uh, my podcast is just since July. So and 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 my first interviewer was uh, the per- first person I interviewed was John Fryer.
0: <laughs> I did listen to that episode.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I was so grateful because I've always admired, I've always loved him. And so uh, it's so it's so appropriate that I had him as a first one. But yeah, it was I actually have some interviews there from before I had my podcast. I would interview somebody for, for my for my radio show and I should put it up in the podcast. I have it somewhere.
0: Um, I have David Jay and some other people I saw it's on SoundCloud. So band wise, again, because of your love of music, what are you listening to currently? Uh, let me see. I'm constantly listening to music.
1: So right now, um, there's a band I really like It's called Antipole. Okay. Uh, I'm actually doing an interview with them. They're from, uh, they're Norwegian. It's uh, They have a little dark. It's a lot of. It's, it's, uh, it's electronic. It's uh dark electronic music. But you know, I there's a lot of stuff I, I love to listen to. I don't know. Um, I like a, I like a band called The Beloved, which I've been listening to them again. Um, and of course you know the classics. I still listen to it. I I love Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I I was I, I never I I always have to play Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds on my show. You know, uh, you know Bauhaus and uh, the clan. I, well, I just went to the Clan Block show, which I really love. So, I started playing their music again and all that. And uh, and you know, I love this uh, the Bellwether Syndicate. Uh, Bellwether Syndicate, amazing.
0: Outside of DJing, you're also an ordained minister, so you can marry people in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. yeah. How did that come about? Gosh, I don't even
1: know how that happened. I just wanted to see people happy. I wanted. I've always wanted to be a bishop. You know, (laughs) I don't know what it was. (laughs) You know, I was raised a Roman Catholic. Okay, so um, I always wanted to wear that bishop hat. So for some reason, I always wanted to just be a minister. So, and I wanted to see people happy. So one day I just decided I'm going to go get my license for that. And then I married, like, I don't do it often. Honestly, I don't because I don't have time. They're usually on weekends and I had my radio show on on a Saturday night. So I couldn't do any of that kind of stuff. So if there was a if there was a, a friend or somebody that wanted to marry wanted to get married, they really requested it, and, and I'll do it. You know, so I've done I've done a few. I don't do a lot, but I enjoy doing it. I, I write my own um, uh, that, that I have my own uh, what do you call um uh, mess, whatever you want to call it the ceremony for them, you know. There's their own ceremony depending on who they are, and I would make it appropriate for them. I would write their piece, and they like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Very cool. It, it's just beautiful to go to a wedding sometimes. You know, you see people, they're hap- their happiest day of their life.
0: That, and it just makes a lot of sense because Hawaii is such a destination for people to get married and for couples to honeymoon out there.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, it definitely is. I mean, everybody wants to come to Hawaii. You know, that's the thing. It's such a great place to come. I just wish that there was a road that, just, that people can drive here from California and the rest of the world then I it wouldn't be so expensive
0: to fly them all down here. <laughs> like <bad. laughs> Yeah. I think that kind of wraps it up for questions for us. Okay. Again, DJ Nocturna, thank you so much for your time and for sharing a little insight on what you do as a DJ in Hawaii and what the scene is like in Oahu. No, no,
1: thank you. No, thank you for having me. Thank you for asking me.
0: If people want to learn more, uh, your website is... So djmocterna.com. So I have my podcast
1: there. I got my uh, my radio shows, you know, uh, KTH and ModSnap Radio on uh, com. Or you can uh, go to modsnapradio.com. We'll make sure to link these up in the notes. Okay. And then they can follow me also on social media. Nocturna Remix on um, on Facebook, DJ nocturna on Twitter and Instagram. Very cool. Well, so thank you so much. And
0: I'll be sure to share it on my page as well about your podcast. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I appreciate that. And that wraps it up for this episode. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please like, subscribe, and share. If you'd be so kind to rate us and write a review on iTunes and the like, it helps us get our show out there. You can also reach out with comments and feedback via our Facebook page or via email at podcast at gmail.com. I want to thank Marion Green for our visuals. We currently have her artwork on four by four inch vinyl stickers available at morbidoutlook.com slash sticker. All the prices are in Canadian dollars and include the shipping across Canada and the U.S. Funds from the sales are helping us defray costs in producing the podcast. We also have to thank Robin Bright of Cockatoo for our theme music do check out her band at cockatoocockatoo.bandcamp.com and also thanks to our producer Justin Minister. We have a live stream show of Prophecy coming this Friday, May 1st available on Twitch. The Wasteland and I will be spinning a night shift from 9pm to 5am Toronto time. Join us for your new favorite songs at twitch.tv slash prophecy underscore online on May 1st until next time. This podcast was almost called Death by Darkness, but then I started typing that in the suggestions and Death by Snoo Snoo came up instead. <laughs> snow snow. <laughs> <laughs>